welcome to Two Men in the Motor. As you can see, I've escaped from under the stairs. Lockdown's been lifted a little bit. I'm in the conservatory. So this week's a special one. We've got our first special guests, which is Rob Knight from Rescar's blog. Rob, hello, mate. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your blog, what you do? Hi. Yeah, so um, basically we're just a sort of standard automotive news website. We cover all sorts, whether it's sort of a... Standard? Standard? Don't put yourself down like that. You're an excellent <laughs> website. <laughs> No, well, um, we do all the same stuff as everyone else, really. We uh, cover all the news, £15,000 city cars to £250,000 supercars, like anything with four wheels. Uh, we're covering it, really. Do reviews, guides, stuff like that. So there's a lot of useful information on there if you want to check it out. What, what's the address exactly? Give it a plug on. It's, uh, it's just rescars.com. So simple as that. And this week you've been really busy. There's loads of stuff on this week. Noticed. Yeah, there's been new cars, facelifts, um, a couple of interesting cars up for sale at auctions as well. So there's plenty of interesting stuff on over there at the moment. Great. So get over there once you've watched this. Watch this first, okay? Sai, do you want to tell? This is your idea this week. What's it all about, mate? Go on. Yep, I had a bit of a brainwave, Al, um, and I thought, right, that's not like you. Go on. <laughs> I could smell it, you know, I could smell the cogs burning in the head. <laughs> I, uh, I thought, what car would you buy today in 2020 from your childhood? Now, I know that's difficult for you all. That's why we brought Robin, because, you know, what did you do? Ride the Stegosaurus or Flintstones car or something like that? May as well have done, mate. Yeah, we used to stay to my choices. Bloody hell. So, yeah. Uh, just just to get the old green matter working, what would you buy today that you could use as a daily? So what would you buy today that you could use to do all the jobs? Go to the supermarket, take the kids to school, have a blast down a country road park outside the restaurant. What car would you buy from your childhood that you could use every day today? Okay, so I'm going to go first because mine are the old bangers. Let's get them out of the way, <laughs> shall we? Okay, so just to give you a bit of clarification, we've all picked four cars from our childhood. Uh, we're going to discuss those four cars. The other two guys are going to ask the questions um, or anything that they want to know uh, to the person that's talking about the cars. And then we're going to put forward one of one of those four cars forward uh, to a Twitter poll. And then everybody on Twitter can decide who the overall winner is. Um, but it's not going to be you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. You make some people you like you like a bit of class out there. Do you know what I mean? You, don't, you never know. Um, right. So first, well, it's my choices. It's our choices. Okay. So my first one is a Ford Cortina sixteen hundred D Mark II. Um, looking at the front of that, I mean, that's just a gorgeous, gorgeous car. Oh, by the way, if you listen to this now podcast, I'll be putting photos up on on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching it, you'll be able to see the photos. Okay. Um, Look at that front, that's what you call a front of a car. Rob, you'll find out that I don't go much on mechanics. I go like, <laughs> I like, I like, I like the badge. Or yeah. I like the way the headlights looked. <laughs> a bit that, but, but look at that badge in the middle with, with a big C on for Cortina. That just, that gets me that. Um, a bit of information about it. The Cortina Mark II was from 1966 to 1970. What I've done is I've picked roughly from 69 to 82, okay. Um, Roy Haynes designed it, and I think that's the guy that did Haynes manuals. No. Well, it's Roy Haynes. It's the same name, isn't it? So I'm guessing he's got something to do with it. I can check that out. I would. I mean, it's an unusual name. Um, 1600D. And there's a Lotus version as well of this, which was always, you can look at that, it's it's always in a cream livery with a green stripe down it. That was, that was always the Lotus version, but I'd have the 1600D. Um, you could get a 1300 engine or a 1600 engine, Right now, the 1600E top speed was 96 miles an hour, which isn't bad. Blistering. That's not bad for then. That's not bad. Um, not 60. <laughs> um, 11.8 seconds. <laughs> kind of does that's me that, to be honest, yeah. Um, if you look at the photo from the back, again, that's just a... That's a gorgeous rear end of it. That sounds too not pervy enough. Um, but if we look at where the fuel cap is as well, right on the back, not on yeah. the side. Love that. And a black registration place always gets me, no matter what car it is. Um, look at the interior photo. That just shows you how far we've come on in um, interior safety. 
Because look at this one, look at the size of that steering wheel. That's enormous. I've actually been in one of these, so I know what it's like inside. I think I might have picked this because this is probably the first big car I ever went in. I went in one of these when I was about four or five. I'm thinking this car's enormous. So it kind of always stuck in my mind. But that steering wheel's made out of very hard plastic. It didn't collapse. You've got no airbags. And if you had a head on one of those, you'd have no chest left, basically. So <laughs> thought you'd have a head on in a car as slow as that. But, you know, that could do some damage. But that, also the dashboard as well is pretty much the dashboard of its day with the choke buttons and all these little yep. knobs and proper dials. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love it. So that's not impressed you at all, has it? <laughs> I, I think the question that I need to ask here is, is yeah. why? Why? Yeah. Why, why, why have you picked that car? Why, why? Like would I said, it's, it's probably the first big car I've ever been in, so it's always stuck in my head. Four Cold Seed is just an icon anyway. It's an iconic car. It's still, it's still really cool. Practicalities, four doors, five seats, quite a big boot. Big engine-ish. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a standard Clio engine these days, but... <laughs> big engine you know, back like. then, though, back then. I mean, you know, it, it, it would do everything. Yeah. So, would it be reliable? Have you picked up because of its reliability? It's, would it's, that get you it, to drive? It's as reliable as any other of my choices. So, no, then. Doesn't answer the question. No. <laughs> no. Look, I, I'm at a disadvantage here, aren't I? Because I'm picking old cars. So yeah, they're, all, they're all unreliable. They're all difficult to get parts for. I, can't, I just can't help that because of the age of the cars. That can't be helped. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, nice, it's a nice car. I do like it. I agree, I, I agree with your choice. It is, a, it is a nice looking car. And obviously, from, from this car, you obviously end up getting some of Ford's. Of it, like this sort of stemmed forward sort of like performance saloon yeah. in the end, didn't it? So like even modern ones like the the Mondeos, like the ST version of the Mondeos, they all came from this car effectively. So like you say, it is a bit of an icon. Absolutely, Rob, you can come on again, mate. I like that. It's very good. <laughs> um, shall I move on? Any more questions? Not from me. Not from me. No. Okay. Uh, just just one really quick one. I'll, I'll oh, go on. In it's only a very basic question, but to build up a picture, what kind of what, what would be your colour scheme? Oh, uh, kind of a um, metallic blue, metallic light blue. Did they come with vinyl roofs or anything, or would it all yeah, be I think blue? you could get vinyl roofs, yeah, I think you could. Um, I'd put, if, it, if it had one of a vinyl roof, I'd have a black one or a navy blue one. Yeah. Um, and chrome. Obviously. And I don't suppose you got any kind of interior choice, did you, back in the day? Black. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, would you get to choose the colour of the fabric on the seats or anything like that at all? Black. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I think the idea of how coloured seats in those days were like, was just, nah. So, yeah, black. I'm only saying that because the, the photos I've seen, they've all got black interiors. Yeah. And yeah. The one I, I, one I went to was a black interior, so I'm assuming it was a black interior. Yeah, the colourful levers and stuff like that would have been reserved for the sort of higher. It's more of a common thing in modern cars, but then back then you would have expected to see that on like your Jaguars or stuff like that. Rolls or stuff like that, yeah. 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 Right, second choice, the Triumph Herald. Okay. Now, there's two, there's two of these, but I would pick the Triumph Herald Vitesse. That was your top one. That was your sporty one. Okay, the Triumph Herald itself was 1959 to 1971, but in the 70s they were just still everywhere. I used to see them loads. Let's um, see if I can say this in a nice. Oh, I'm not going to try an Italian accent now. Giovanni no, Michelotti. Giovanni Michelotti designed it. You get it in a saloon convertible, a coupe, and a state and a van. I remember the van. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah, van. Yeah. All, all bases covered. You know, you want somebody to put your bodies, just get the van. It's great. Um, <laughs> The, it was a, the Herald was a fair, the 1360 model was 0 to 60 in 17 seconds. Wow. And top speed was 85 miles an hour. That's great. <laughs> now, the Vitesse was the sporty one. Now, Vitesse is French for speed. So, isn't that just a cool name anyway? It is. Yeah, Sam I mean, Vitesse. it's like the Bugatti Veyron, doesn't it? There was a Vitesse version of that, I think. Yeah, that's the Bugatti Veyron you've got there. 
of its day. Yeah, of its day, maybe. Um, no to 60, yes, no, no, no. The Vitesse was six cylinders. It was a six cylinder version of the other engine, okay. Um, top speed, 106 miles an hour, which isn't not bad. bad. That's very respectable, yeah. It is, yeah. Not to 60 in 11.4 seconds, which isn't so good, but... But that's six seconds quicker than the standard one. It is, mate, yeah, so it really, it really pulled in, didn't it? It's just a substantial increase, isn't it? That's a, that's a big improvement. So like you say, like the test mean speed, they kind of they have at least backed it up, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's just a cool-looking car as well. Look at, look at that difference of that. It's just beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. I don't know about that. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's just your kitty. I love it. Um, and the back, the way the, the way the lights sort of stick out, like sort of point to the back, is just ah, amazing. Um, the interior, that's the interior of a Vitesse, so leather seats. Very old-fashioned, though. I mean, that must have been an early 60s model, I think, because that's not, that's not 1970s, that. That's really old-fashioned with the wooden dashboard and, yeah. And putting your keys in the dashboard as well. That's you know, that's yeah. I bet be a get to drive though. I'm, that gear stick is not inspiring confidence in me at all. <laughs> I think that clutch would be awful. But anyway, mm. okay. So that's my second one. Any questions? I mean, it's just sort of it's thrown our black interior being the only option out of it, <laughs> hasn't it? With the bright red seats there, right, yeah. trousers. But other than that. Yeah, I mean, again, like, sort of, is there any particular reason that this one sticks in the mind for you from that time? No, I would just, I would just feel cool driving it. Just Do you remember these again. in the day when you were a kid? Or? What, mate? Do you remember these? Did you see these on the roads? Or were they yeah, quite, quite a few. Quite a few. Did you? Yeah. Even the test versions? No, you didn't see many of them. Um, but Sam Harold's, yeah. We saw them into the 80s. You know, the people who people who had them really looked looked after them. We really, you know, took care of them. Yeah. That's, I'm not going to pick that one by the way because it's not practical. It's <laughs> not my choice. I mean, it, it could be like, like you say, you get the sort of the van versions, the estate versions. So it was a versatile car, so you could see why it might have been popular. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Well, it for everyone, really, doesn't it? it does. Same as popular, though not as popular as the next one. Next choice is. The Renault 4, now. <laughs> I know you think, why has he picked this? Look at the state of it. It's, um, it's a unique shape. You're going to have to show this one to us off. You're going to have to really sell. We, we, we gave you an easy time on the Cortina and the previous car, but this one, you're going to have to sell to me. Again, Rob, you're going to think a complete nutcase. When you hear one of the reasons why I like this, you're going to think, what am I doing on this podcast? Um, right, so the Renault, I'm going to give you the mechanics first of all. Renault 4, Night L. The L and then the GTL. The L was 1961. The TL and the GTL came in 1978. This was designed to compete against the 2CV. If you look at it, it's a very similar car to the 2CV. It's just like a 2CV, but more square. And it's got a proper roof on it. Other than that, really, it's if you look at the interior of it as well, exactly the same inside of the 2CV with the, the pull-push gear shift. It's just exactly yeah. the same. But it was like that on purpose. I'm thinking, would, would that happen these days? Would you get a, a manufacturer designing a car almost exactly the same as another car just to compete with it? Probably wouldn't happen these days, would it? Uh, I don't know, really. I mean, you, you do get identical Similar ones. Cars, don't you? So, like, if you look at a modern car, you'd look at the Subaru BRZ and the Toyota GTA C. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if you go back in, like, other... Not even just sports cars. Like if you go back sort of ten years ago, the uh, the Volkswagen, Sharan, the Seat, Alhambra, and the Ford Galaxy were all the same car. Yeah. So it does just kind of make it a lot easier to sell, I guess. Yeah, but the Sharan and the Alhambra were the same car, weren't they? Just had a different badge on. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. So like, kind of more actually like using their. Suppose design, suppose Ford brought a car out. Suppose when, when Ford brought the Ford Focus out. Suppose Vauxhall had gone regular design something exactly the same as that. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't really happen now. You get you get similar cars, but, but the Renault Four is probably the same looking as the two CV. Is it one? The the Renault Four is is like a box, and yeah. the two CV is like an upside down pram. Well, I did say it's like a square two CV. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the thing I'm is, losing this, I'm losing this fight, on it. Go on, go on, go on. Well, I'm losing this fight, yeah. So you go. Now, now cars are based off. The previous version, aren't they? So it's kind of it's not like 
a Mark One Golf would have maybe been based on an old like Peugeot or something like that. It would have had to be because it's not been a thing before. So they've had to take inspiration from something, I guess. So that would explain why you don't see it so much these days. Okay, fair enough. I'm shot down the flames there, which is, yeah, absolutely fair. Okay. Um, December production in 1992. Still making wow. 1992. Yeah. But, and he started working on a replacement then. So he started working on a replacement in the early 70s. They were going to replace it in the early 70s. Never replaced it since 1992. And that was, that was the Twingo. Yeah. Twingo. I played that as well, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just I can't believe they've gone from Renault Four to Twingo. Yeah, yeah, it's odd. But then it's Renault, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I I think. Well, I'm, let's let's do a space to Hang on a second. It sold over eight million co- uh, copies. Eight million uh, units out worldwide. Eight million. That's an awful that's lot. lot. Yeah, it's a lot of them driving about, isn't it? But wait till you get the uh, performance right. Not sixty twenty one seconds. You could run faster, couldn't you? Uh, the one, the one thousand one hundred cc engine was top speed seventy eight miles an hour. So it's just a, a complete utility vehicle. It wasn't meant to be anything special. It was meant to get French farmers around, really, like the two CV did. You know. Yeah. Um, saying that though, I bet if Renault brought that out again now, they sell, they sell bucket loads of them because of the retro I thing. Like I think they would, you know. I think you would. I mean, like, sort of... The looks, the looks of your faces are hilarious. Retro-mod <laughs> version. So, like, you know, like Aston Martin have done where they've made old cars out of modern materials. Do you mean like that? With literally that design or a new version of it? I would have that design, but more modern inside, obviously. Do you mean like, do you mean yes, like the... the retro-mod, like a Beetle. Like a VW Beetle. Yeah. yeah. They did a version of that. I reckon it's somebody bucket load now. Because Renaults are so dull now, so boring. That's not at least that's not boring. No, you're not, not having it at all. I you're not having it. <laughs> all right. Oh, no, another reason why I picked this, and this is where you're going to think I'm mad, Rob. Right? I always had this. Oh, just bear with me. It's a long story. Okay. I still have it now. I always had this vision of me driving this car in a desert, and I never knew why. Right? I just had this vision of it, and then. I think what it was was when I used to walk to school, I used to walk past the Renault dealership every day, four times a day. And there's probably one of those in the window, along with a, a 19 or an 11 or one of those. So it's probably stuck in there because of that. But if you look at the photos I sent you, one of them is this rally car, this Renault 4 yeah. rally car. And they, they, go in, they go in the uh, Paris Dakar rally. And I've probably seen that somewhere else, probably stuck in there. I've got this vision of me driving a Renault 4 in the desert, sand everywhere, like Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, well, I'm not going to pick it because of that. I'm not going to pick it because of that, okay? But that's just one, that's just one of the reasons why I picked it. I told you I'm not Rob, didn't I? I told you. Yeah. Rob's well. <laughs> going, yeah, all right, yeah. All right, so. The story adds up, I guess. At least it's not completely out there. Like you say, it's got the rally design and stuff like that, so you can see why. That's the I sort know. of... I bet it lasts as well. I bet it, I bet it, you know, it's a tough little car, that. Last. Okay. <laughs> you've had enough. Fight. You're, you're lucky if you buy a modern French car and it lasts. I mean, yeah. no, we've, had, we've had this discussion, Rob. Al, Al has got some weird thing for French cars. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just. Because, it's because he's thrown a Citroen, didn't I? So I've always loved Citroens, apart from now the garbage. But Simon's not agreed at all, but it's against for another time, isn't it, mate? It's not so. It's <laughs> like your face, Al. <laughs> Unique. <laughs> right, last, last one from me is the MGB GT. Let's do it quickly. No, it's, oh, it might be. Might be. <laughs> um, the 1.8 was made from 1965 to 1980, but there's also a V8 version from 73 to 76, designed by Pininfarina. Which I didn't yeah. Know. That's why it looks so fantastic. Top speed, 105 miles an hour. 0 to 60 or 14 seconds, which I thought would be better. Yeah. But it doesn't matter when the car looks that good, I suppose. Um, for me, it's just a beautiful looking car. And this is like sort of, we didn't have supercars back then. Back in my day, we didn't have supercars. We had sports cars. And that was the sports car you could aspire to own. Like, you're never going to own a Ferrari or an Aston, but you could own an MGB 
know. So that's kind of how you look at you go, I could have one of those one day. I think that's why I've always loved it. Um, just a great car. Oh, love it. Interior as well. Uh, big MG on the steering wheel. Just that cool. You'd have to have your driving gloves on for that. Driving gloves and a flat cap, definitely. So I'd go all the way for that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just go, with, just a reminder of how garbage MGs are now. MGs are not MGs. Yeah. No. And it's a shame. Okay, so. MG. Um, yeah. I should I know this. Shouldn't I? I should know this. Is it Morris, Morris Group? Morris Garages. Morris Garages. Okay. Oh. I could have said motor garage. <laughs> um, but I didn't. Okay, so what do you think the winner's going to be? It's got to be the MG for me. It's got to be. Yeah, it's between that and the Cortina, I think. Um, if it's anything else, then we're over. This is this this channel's done. Yeah, the so thing is, as well, with with the MG, it's kind of it's carried. It's the, probably. Of your four, it's the one that's kind of maintained its reputation. Like it's still a popular car now. Like when people look at buying a classic car or restoring a classic car, it's one of the first cars that comes to mind for me personally, anyway. Um, and you do actually still see quite a few of them about. So it kind of answers yeah. the question as well of how would it cope yeah. today? Like they've lasted, and you might actually still be able to use it. Definitely. I mean, at first when I picked them, the choice was the Cortina because of practicalities, the size and the four doors and all that. But then the MG, I just think, and again, this is purely down to shallowness on my part, but I would just, I'd feel amazing driving it. I'd still feel great driving it. It'd be a pleasure to drive every day. Yeah. Um, I like you said, Rob, as well. I think it'd be easier for parts and stuff, thinking about stuff like that. So yeah, my winner is the MG BGT. Okay, but I need to give an honourable mention to the oh, mention even. I need to give a mention to the Vauxhall Viva, even though I hate it, always hated it, always will hate it, and the new ones are even worse than the old ones. It's just one of those cars that sticks in your mind from the seventies because they were they were absolutely everywhere. You could go out, walk to school, walk down the road to the shops, and you'd see five or six Vivas. Everybody had one. So even though I never liked them. I'll always, I never forget them if you like, do you know what I mean? So, God mentioned the Viva, but there's absolutely no chance of me even looking at photos with them, never mind talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right, so yeah, with the MGBGT, Si, you're next. What's your first choice? Okay, I think before I get into my choices, I think I just uh, need to say how lucky I was being born in the 80s, because what a fantastic choice of cars. No, mate, you were unlucky being born in the 80s, and do you know why? Why? Because you missed the 80s. Well, yeah, yeah, this is true. Right, this yeah. is true. <laughs> um, truly, truly, truly the best of times, but carry on. That's, that's, go on, go on. But before, before, like I said, it was got to be a daily driver. You know, you look at all the supercars that came out in the 80s, the F40, the Diablo, there was some cracking Aston Martins. You just you just couldn't bypass those cars. But again, I'm not getting the shopping in an F40, am I? So I have to knock them on the edge pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, my first car is um, the Audi Quattro. And okay, go on. This is this is in my four, but I'm not really too sure why. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's got all the performance. It's got a 2.2-litre engine. It did over 130 miles an hour. Rally pedigree, motorsport pedigree. But I'm just not too sure why it's in. No, no, it must be ingrained in my head from childhood, a bit like your cars also. I remember them, and I remember them being around. I remember them being on the telly and stuff. But now, as a 35-year-old man, would I pay upwards of £30,000, £40,000 to own one as a daily? Not really. I'm a sold on the looks. I can see the looks being like quite, not controversial, but I can see the looks being quite out there in the 80s. Maybe I needed a, maybe I needed a suit and a big mobile phone for, for one of them. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I don't really know why it's in there. So... What do you think, Howard? What, what, what were your initial thoughts when I put that in? I'd have been surprised if you hadn't put it in. 
Really? I was fully expecting that. It's an absolute Where 80s. Is? Yeah, it's, it's an absolute it 80s is. icon. It's an Audi Quattro. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you're absolutely right there. I mean, you've probably picked it up more than, than I maybe should have done. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, just not, I'm just not an Audi man. Just not an Audi man. Well, in the context oh. of the time, if, if you saw one of, if I saw one of those in the road, it's just an Audi Quattro. Look, look, look. It's one of, you know I mean? It's a car that I excited you to see. It's yeah. just ah, awesome. So you up, go on. Yeah, see, I'm, 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 I'm the same. I'm not a massive fan of, of Audi myself. I do, I like, they do good cars, there's no denying that. But there are just yeah. things I'd rather have. But, but like Al said, I would have been surprised if that wasn't in there. The Audi yeah. Quattro is such an iconic car. And with that Quattro system, you look at the cars that have come from that. Oh, exactly. It sort of, yeah. it, it changed the game, really. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Al's Cortina, isn't it? That, that yeah. started everything that, that's good about Audi now. Yeah, exactly. So you know, even if even if you don't like your choice, we like it. <laughs> I like it. I like obviously. I, I wouldn't have picked it if I didn't like it. If there wasn't something about it. Like certainly, when I was scrolling through the classifieds and looking for eighties cars, I just instantly stopped on that. I went, oh, got to put that in. So it certainly did give me that feeling. It gave me that fizz when I saw it, and I was scrolling through looking at all the pictures. But then when I went and found other cars. And my other choices, then the Audi started to fall further and further down the pecking order. Al's, uh, Rob's absolutely right. You know, the Quattro system and everything that's come from that and all the motorsport and all the pedigree and rallying and everything else has all stemmed from that. But it's at the bottom of the pile for me in my 80s icons. Okay, and fair enough, but we're talking virtually. When, yeah. sorry, when me and you got for 2004, so I'll be like we like playing games sometimes. Um, I just scroll through the gallery of cars you could buy, and that was there. I was like, oh my god, the Quattro was there, fantastic. Buy, buy, buy. As well as one, they didn't wait to buy. But I, yeah. uh, but to be fair to you, I remember the fuss when they came out. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you don't. So it may, maybe it means a bit more to me, but yeah, you had to be there. What's your next one? My next one is oh, I'm, I'm still torn here, which one to put third. That's putting them in order now. I am putting them in order now. Oh, okay, go on. Then. That's the way <laughs> <I'm doing. laughs> Fair enough. Um, the the Cosworth, the um, yes, Ford Escort, yeah, the RS Cosworth is going third. With that back wing. Yeah. That's the, that's the only reason to buy it. <laughs> I mean, it's, I not, it's not the only reason, is it? Well, no, it's not. But, but as... Um, Fair enough, I didn't remember the Audi, but I certainly remembered this Escort. And there was a fella at the bottom of our road, and he had one, and he had a, he had a blue one. And it was absolutely stunning. And as a boy, you'd walk down the road, you go to the local shop or whatever, and that was parked outside. It was on the pavement. He was washing it or whatever. It was, you were walking towards something. You knew you were walking towards a special car. Yeah. And the, the the vents in the bonnet, the wing at the back, it was it was it wasn't all show. Of course, it had great performance again, a, a real motorsport pedigree. But looking at that as like a an eight, nine, ten year old kid, you wanted one. I wanted to pass me test there and then and drive it. Yeah. Just just incredible. Just I'd I'd never seen anything like it before. You know, the 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 wing on the back of it's like a whale tail. It's just incredible. Um I mean, that, that, that wing can... on the back, what, was there a need for that? Was, did it have to be that big, or would you just... There was a need for it. Well, honestly, um, it, it was... I don't know if you saw the episode, I don't know if you watched Wheel of Dealers at all, um, but mm-hmm. it did an episode with this car, and it was supposed to have another wing. There were supposed to be three. Um, no way. Yeah, so there was, like, in the middle, obviously, you've got the little lip spoiler on the tailgate itself, and in the top wing, like, in between them, there was supposed to be one more. And they actually like made one themselves and put it on it, and it had an impact. They put it in a wind tunnel, and it was functional. It wasn't just there for show, but that genuinely served a purpose. That's incredible. Yeah, I was really. I had no idea about it. It was basically a counting error that meant it didn't get put on. Simple as that. No way. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely incredible car. Do you remember you used to see on like? Do you remember like the color, the wheels? Like, is that the one you would want? Yeah, like, I, there's photos of, of a black one, and I couldn't find a blue one anywhere for sale. Um, but it, 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 again, it, it's that famous Ford blue colour, the, the very dark, deep blue. 
And I think he had the five spoke alloys on it, but I think the wheels were white. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I just remember what, and the first thing you saw was just how low it was and the vents on the bonnet. And you, you just knew you were walking towards something really, really special. And now, as a 30 year old fella, I, I just, driving that would just give me pure pleasure. It's yeah. like I've spoken I've spoke to Al a couple of times about owning owning a Ford a Focus RS. I just think driving a Focus RS would just give you some immense driving pleasure. Um, and yeah, that that that's got to be in there. And the only reason why it's third is because my second choice is almost mythical. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, it's that's a, a, go on, say it's a, it's a, it is a, a great choice. And again, this is one that I would have heavily judged you for if you didn't include <laughs> it in the list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, and the, the white, the blue with the white wheels, I've got to agree with you. I mean, on the wheeler dealers, they actually had the the OZ, um, the rally wheels on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, again, incredible. If I was to have one, that's how I'd want it. But the blue, it, it's got to be, hasn't it? Can't yeah, absolutely. And all these cars that I've picked as well, they're all appreciating in value. They are all going to be modern day classics. They're going to be worth an absolute fortune. That Audi Quattro wasn't even the best one that I could find. It was the one that gave the clearest photos for, for the channel and everything. But that was 35, 40,000 yeah. the, pounds. The, the S-Cut RS is more than that again. I um, saw one of these for sale on Facebook the other day. It was black. It had gold wheels. It looked really nice. It was immaculate condition. And it had over 80,000 miles on it. And this guy was still selling no. it for about £55,000. Yeah. Absolutely. And you think about the modern cars you'll get with that money. And that just says it all about how good yeah. this car is. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So if anybody's out there that's got one and wants to let me drive it and fulfill a childhood dream, then give me a we'll, shout. We'll have it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that's third place for me. Any right, questions? Um, no, not for me. I mean, I don't totally understand why you picked it. Um, for me, I always think of I always think of those in white. Do you? Yeah, I don't know why. A white with a blue blue stripe down the side. Really? Never saw a white one. I saw that's more from uh. The RS2, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. previous model, um, that was sort of like the iconic colour scheme for that, wasn't yeah. it? That's what we mixed up then. I must be getting mixed up with that then, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nothing I mean, it's anything with Cosworth on the back, you're going to be okay, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Si, what's this um, mythical second one? So you say it doesn't <laughs> exist really? or? Well, no, it, it does exist. Urban oh, legends, or legends. Bit of a unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> um, because unicorns never existed. So, go on. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Vauxhall Carlton, uh, the Lotus, and again, just what a car! You know, before this came around, everyone was just talking about German super saloons and everything else, Mercedes, BMW. They were the cars that everyone was was wanting, everyone was aiming for, everybody was hoping to own. And then out of nowhere, Vauxhall came along with this absolute weapon with doing 170 to 174 miles an hour. It was so powerful, right, that the Daily Mail tried to ban it. Now, are you sure, Mason? I know mean, you can blame you blame the Daily Mail for a lot of things, but <laughs> <laughs> ban the Lotus no. Carton. Yes, the Daily Mail, the British publication, tried to ban this car. It was too fast. It was too unsafe. It was clocked for speeding on the motorway, wasn't it? I think that's where it got, that's where it got the 170 uh, okay. mile an hour right. thing from. People just didn't. It, it was like it had landed from out of space. You know, Vauxhall producing a big businessman carrier just wafting along the motorway. And then all of a sudden, Lotus come along and blow all the German marks out of the water totally. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look at it. Again, it's a bit like the Cosworth. You look at it, you know that's not just a normal Carlton. It's so low. The wheel arch is nearly scraping the top of the wheels. It looks really aggressive and low at the front. But then you open the door and there's quilted leather in it and wood panelling. And you're thinking, am I really doing 170 miles an hour sat in a big leather recliner? It is just absolutely 
brilliant and the green color scheme the green is so dark it almost looks black yeah it is just it is just an incredible vehicle the horsepower the performance the speed nobody nobody saw it coming the whole motoring world did not see that coming they might have seen you know the performance 190 mercedes the amg they might have seen the m3 but nobody saw lotus producing something that would just obliterate everything else you know i think i think somewhere is it quoted them being faster than a a testarossa or well, I, was just, I was just about to ask you what was at the time wasn't it the fastest going road car in the world i think it was it was certainly the fastest saloon car yeah mm. and it's it, the fastest Vauxhall, anyway it's fastest something <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, a, a real appreciating modern classic. I found one, I think it might be the photos that I sent you. It was uh, a Silverstone auction and it was impeccable. It had just been fastidiously owned by the owner. It was, it was, it, I don't even think it was, it was driven particularly. I think he just sat in it and made the noises of the engine uh, because it, it, it had hardly any miles on it. And I think that was. The auction, the the reserve price on that was at least seventy seventy two thousand pounds. Um, so yeah, just absolutely, and again, something that you're absolutely right. I'll, I missed the eighties because I was born in the eighties, but I think if I was old enough, I think I must would have died in head-on collision with a tree because that would have just gone everywhere at hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I think one of the strange things about it as well is um, looking at the interior of it. It looks extraordinarily comfortable. For such exactly. a fast car, fast fast cars normally have not crappy in series, but the functional series, bucket yeah, seats and roll oh, cages and stuff, and that's like a very very nice saloon car. But you, you yeah. can go like a rocket in it, so yeah, that'll be. A, mm. I remember I remember coming out. It's like I'm going Lotus to put a, an engine in a Vauxhall, and it's a car. <laughs> yeah, what's what's that about? It was just yeah, the most most unbelievable thing. From from one extreme to the other, you, you, again the the rear wing on the back of the Escort and the Lotus Lotus Carlton hardly had any kind of had a very small more than a lip, but it was a, it was a minimal spoiler on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, just an absolutely incredible car, and again one that I just would love to to drive and to own. And again, that could do everything. Fair enough. It's not a hatchback. It, it it's got a fair size boot in it. I could certainly carry four or five grown-ups in, in, in lovely comfort and I could throw them down the motorway at 170 miles an hour. Well, it, it takes it takes someone to make a Vauxhall Carlton desirable. Yeah. Well, but Lotus, <laughs> Lotus did it, to be fair, because yeah. you'd have one tomorrow, wouldn't you? Rob, what do you think, mate? It's, well, it's like you say, it's kind of on the opposite end of the scale to the, to the Cosworth, but that's very obviously a fast car. You'd see this and... You'd maybe pull up next to it at the traffic lights and you think, I'm going to have this guy. And then all of yeah. a sudden, he's just gone. Because you'd have Bit no of a sleeper. As far yeah. as you're aware, it's a Vauxhall Carlton. And then there's maybe like a few little kind of styling cues that give it away to yeah. people that know about it. But to your everyday driver, they're just going to see a Vauxhall. And then, look, again, like you say, with the interior, to have an interior that nice in a car that fast, it just wasn't yeah. the norm, was it? So, yeah, absolutely incredible car. Awesome. I'm doing well here. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. like you say, you're lucky with the era you were born in. You've got a hell of a lot of decent cars to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. So you, yeah. this uh, means that next one's your top one, then next one's your winner. Yeah, and I, I didn't even. It, it was just bang. It was just straight in. That's what I'm having. Um, and that, that's only when I, I kind of took a step back, and you guys were picking three or four cars. I actually did revisit. So I hadn't even considered. The Lotus Carlton, the Escort, or the Audi—they—they they, they just weren't in my in my head at all um, until until I until I went back and I had another look. But my winner, an outright winner, is uh, the first generation BMW M3. Okay. Um, and I, I don't think I actually need to say any more than that, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I will. Um, Nineteen eighty-seven uh, BMW M3. Again, it is it is the start of everything there's nothing german or, or a fast bmw that can go back it, it can trace its roots back to that if it's a fast saloon traces it traces it, it, it steps back to that very car and again the one that i picked is currently on sale for one hundred and thirty thousand pounds it is just 
mind-blowing. It's a left-hand drive as well. It's not even a right-hand drive. Um, it's absolutely immaculate. It's all black. Everything's on it is completely standard. It's not been cheapened or modified in any way, shape, or form. It looks absolutely incredible. You'd, you'd walk out your driveway and you would walk out your front door and you'd instantly have a massive smile on your face. That car can and will do everything. I could yeah. take that car. To, I could take that car to Monaco and it would get looks. It, yeah. it, 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 it can do everything that that can give me a blast down a country road it can be a toy it can take the kids to school it can go to tesco and do the shopping i could park it outside harrods i could park it in knightsbridge so people are like oh my god look at that i could take it on a road trip across europe it's german it it it, it will just go and go and go and go it'll be reliable it's just that okay it's just okay a okay. massive bm fan <laughs> just, just selling the car made to selling the car that's just you, you sold that one okay um yeah, I yes i agree we, i agree yeah we all know the performance we all know you know the pedigree the racing pedigree and again the size of the engine the horsepower and the speed i don't need to go into that it is just an absolute it's, it's an absolute modern day icon and they're selling for over a hundred thousand pounds and i'd have one tomorrow i mean you look at like you say, it's kind of all the modern M3s have stemmed from that, and then obviously the M4 has then stemmed from the M3. Yeah. The M4, uh, is it the GTS, like the proper track-based version with the roll case and everything? That yeah. was £120,000. Yeah. And so this, a, what, a 35-year-old car now, yeah. is selling for £10,000 more than that, and again, that just says it all. And yeah, I think it does. it does help, like you say, it's completely original. People don't want it to have been modified or tinkered with they want original no. parts on there they want yeah. it to be what it is supposed to be how being yeah. made it yeah um and again there's, there's other cars that maybe i could have considered you know, i'm a massive alpina fan as well and, and things like that but just the history of that car and like you said rob what what stemmed from it and you know, I, I could walk outside my house and go for a, a walk now and see McLarens, Ferraris, Mercedes, whatever, but I wouldn't see one of them. No, and it's that rare. It, like you said, it, it, we were talking about the Lotus Carlton saying it's almost like a unicorn. You don't see any. You absolutely don't see any. And to have one would just be absolutely brilliant. It would just be a, a dream for me. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of, it's the saloon equivalent of, the Mark One Golf GTI, isn't it? There wasn't anything like that before it. Yeah. And everything that there is now, not even just the BMWs, like your Mercedes, you mentioned the 190 earlier. Yeah. That yeah. was built as a direct rival to this car. Yeah. Like, and again, this sort of kind of stems back to what Al said earlier. Is there a car that's been produced simply to rival another car? This is the perfect example because yeah. so many companies brought cars out because they wanted to beat that car and they didn't yeah. do it. No. So that's a, it's going to win. We know it. There's no point in even finishing the rest of the video. <laughs> I, I, have, I have nothing to add. I have nothing at all to add. It's, yeah, it's a great car. There you go. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's me done, and that's the car that I'm putting forward to our Twitter poll. Right, Rob. Rob, on to yours now, mate. What's your first choice? My first pick is the Mark IV Volkswagen Golf. Um, it's the 1.9 diesel GT that I've picked simply because of how... Uh, reliable it is it's a solid engine it's 130 horsepower so in a car that size it's obviously with a torque from a diesel as well it's yeah. plenty quick enough um, and it's one of the most reliable engines I've ever come across I mean I work in a Volkswagen garage and we've seen these come in with close to 250,000 miles on and they're still mm -hmm. going strong um, it's just a complete workhorse of an engine and the thing is as well they're cheap to run, they're cheap to repair, they're cheap to buy now. You'll pick one up for 1,500 quid. Yeah. And it'll last you three or four years, even if it's got 150,000 miles on already. Yeah. Um, it's nothing exciting. You're not going to break any speed records in it. It's not even going to be particularly enjoyable to drive on a back road because they can be a bit boaty. There's a lot of body roll on them and yeah. it's not a particularly quick car at all, but just for a practical daily driver that you can still use today and will last, 
there aren't many things better really in no. terms of the reliability and i mean you're driving down the a1 in this you'll get 65 70 miles to the gallon out of it it'll cost you nothing to run yeah. um, it's just a great car and the interior it's a bit bland um it's a bit vanilla there's nothing it's not bad it's not great um but it'd be a reasonable you're not you're gonna have a comfortable drive in it and like i say it's not going to turn any heads but for, it does everything does everything that it needs to do like yeah exactly it's kind of it's just a great all-rounder yeah you've got a reasonable amount of space in it as well i mean they're not as big as they are now no. um but even so you'll you'll get plenty of shopping in there and you'll get kids or you get adults in the back maybe kids if you need three people in the back yeah um, it will do it all so yeah that's that's my fourth choice um I, I, again i think I, you were saying that you'd be disappointed you'd, you'd judge me if certain cars weren't in mind but again we spoke about volkswagen previously and if there wasn't a golf in your choice you'd have to really you know consider again consider your choices you would pick a golf over putting a focus in there you'd pick a golf over putting yeah. a one series in there or an a class or whatever yeah. because that is the bread and butter volkswagen's bread and butter to me is the golf the polos yeah, the things like that. And, and that is the one that you can absolutely put your money on that will like you said do everything it'll do the mileage it'll cost you nothing to run it'll run you up and down the country in relative comfort. It'll, you can fill the boot full of stuff and go to the tip in it. It's an absolute workhorse. And like I said, that engine would just go round and round the clock. So a really valid choice, I would say, Rob. It's like cars we've mentioned before, where it's sort of, this is one of the first cars that I really started to notice when I was young, that you would just see everywhere. Yeah. Everyone had it. Um, like, just dozens of them. You go out on a drive, you maybe be in your car for 10 minutes, and you probably see... Yes, seven or eight of them just on that yeah. little drive. It's such a popular car, which is testament to how good it is, really. Absolutely. Um, and it sort of saved the Golf after the Mark III didn't really perform. Yeah. That well. Yeah. Um, so in that sense as well, sort of a big car for Volkswagen. That was really important. Yeah, and they did. So, yeah. yeah. Why well, my fourth Great choice? choice. Great choice. The, the, for me, the, the the Golf's one of those cars where I've never actually had one. But I've always I've always wanted one, but never bought one. I don't, I don't know why I never bought one. Yeah. But if you get, I'd, I'd still love a golf now. I remember the Mark Ones coming out, and they were just amazing, especially the GTIs. And um, I think well, I've never had a golf for, but I just I still would. Yeah, <laughs> next, car, next car's a golf. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. The Mark One Golf GTI, like you just mentioned there. I mean, that's that car's effectively the reason I work for Volkswagen. Because it started off just a love for the performance goals, the GTI particularly. And it's, like I said, there's no hatchback that you'd put ahead of it, really. No. Just, it's always just done everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I say, the golf had to be in there, really. Couldn't yeah. Let's move on, mate. What's your second one? Uh, so, in third, I do believe I've picked the Volvo 850R which is just it's kind of it's one of the original fast estates um the touring car pedigree as well exactly yeah i mean that that actually wasn't an 850r that was just an 850 that had been modified specifically yeah. for the touring cars but the fact that that kind of went in there and it's just this massive unit and it weighed exactly. um, it did so well i mean i think it's but i think it actually got on the podium in one race that was its best finish, and yeah. it just took everyone by surprise. I mean, there was the the T5R special edition before that, which was kind of just before I picked ninety five to two thousand and five. Yeah, that came just before that. And again, if I was a few years earlier, this would have been replaced with the Audi RS two, which was the original yeah. fast estate. But this is sort of the first one that really surprised everyone. Um, you didn't expect it from Volvo. They no, just had a reputation yeah. for a bit of bland, a bit boring, but just safe and reliable. That was yeah. basically their forte. That was all they needed to be. Yeah. So for this to come in, and in terms of the practicality of it as well, I mean, the size of the car, the boot, you'd yeah. probably fit five adults in it, all whilst doing, I think, I mean, I've got some notes on it here, on its on its performance. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a 2.3 litre turbo engine. Um, 
0 to 60 would take 6.7 seconds in a wow. size and it'd carry on upwards of 150 160 miles an hour so for a car like that again it's sort of like the um the carlton where you'd pull up next to it at the traffic lights it's understated oh yeah you wouldn't think anything of it and then next thing you know it's just in the distance oh. yeah I've actually, driven, I've actually driven not not one of those, but the, the same estates, but obviously a, a lesser model. It was, it was a higher car, and I went to Sunderland in it. And I remember it, I remember it, it turned up at the front doors, like, oh, God, no, not one of these. <laughs> and um, it's going to be like driving a tank. It wasn't. It was one of the easiest cars I've ever driven in my life. It was so yeah. easy. Um, it was automatic, though, and I kept doing emergency stops all the time, which wasn't good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean... I've been screwed a few times, but you know, but it, it was just a fantastic car to drive. So comfortable, so fast. Yeah, masses of space. Yeah, and that's again, that's that's kind of one of the reasons it's been included. You can quite easily use it as a daily driver. Yeah, the amount of stuff you get in the back of it is is unreal because it's a lot of the modern estates. The sort of the back sort of arches down, so you lose a bit of the boot space. Whereas that was literally straight yeah. across and straight yeah. down. You had as much space as you possibly could. Was, um, wasn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like a unique selling point that you could get a, a wardrobe in it flat? I think so. Yeah, something or, like that. Like that. Yeah. 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 That's easy. the only thing with owning an estate. I, I had I had two Montego estates for my sins. <laughs> um, but everyone just used them as, as fans, basically. I was like, well, can you move this, move this bed for us? So, yeah, all right then. Uh, every yeah. weekend I was moving something because I had a big car. Instead I've had a small car. What's your third one, mate? And so in second place, I've got the Audi S4 Avant with the 4.2 litre V8. Um, cool. Again, it's a quad, this is one of the cars that stemmed from your Quattro. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a 4.2 litre V8. I mean, yeah. What a sound, what a noise it makes. I can't gripe with that. I mean, yeah, you, you hear them from a mile off. They're so yeah. loud and... I don't think my neighbours would enjoy me having it as much as I'd enjoy <laughs> having it, to be honest. It would, there'd be a lot of angry faces at seven o'clock in the morning, wouldn't there, when you start that up to go to work? But yeah, I mean, again, with the Quattro, got the V8, I'd have it with a six speed manual. I wouldn't want the automatic gearbox. Yeah. Um, got the manual with that. That's, I mean, it's 4.2, naturally aspirated, 344 horsepower. And this is in uh, what, 17 year old car now. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of power. Most modern estates don't produce that much power. That's that's a big figure. Top speed limited to 155. Um, so it could just do everything. But the, you would say the problem is it's, it's. I put the Golf in to be a cheap runner and really reliable, really affordable. This is sort of the polar opposite. The polar opposite. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're reasonably cheap to buy. You can pick them up for sort of five or six thousand pounds. They're not expensive to buy, but you're not going to get 50 miles to the gallon out of a 4.2 V8. And if it does, that's with the V8, that's a, that's a lot of components to go wrong in that engine as well. Oh, so yeah. yeah. If something goes wrong, it's going to cost you a fair amount, which is what you would say is sort of the downside of having that car, but I think the yeah. fact that it is a 4.2 litre V8 just sort of drowns I mean, it, don't yeah. care yeah. anymore. I mean, exactly. V8. so again, and also, it's sort of the first car to have an engine like that in a normal car. I mean, like the BMWs had had six cylinders yeah. for quite yeah. a while and stuff like that, but putting an actual out and out V8 in a practical car, exactly, thing. yeah, um, so. And it'd have to be in the typical Audi blue as well. That yeah. light blue. Um, yeah. It's just absolutely amazing colour. It's the same colour you get in on the RS2 as well. Yeah. And it just looked absolutely incredible. Um, I'd say, yeah, it's probably a valid second choice, but the first choice definitely trumps it. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. So it's got to be some car that beats it, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then, what is uh, it? When I kind of got given the task of picking a car from my childhood, I just went straight to the M3. Yeah. It was just the first, like within a split second, that was on my mind. And I just pictured the exact one I'd want, the exact color, the exact yeah. spec. Um, it's actually the E46 M3 CS, so the club sport. Yeah. Um, 
that's again uh, three litre straight six, uh, 343 horsepower, so very similar to the S4. Uh, yeah. 16 and 5.2 limited and it's a sequential gearbox as well it's not manual it's not auto yeah. um smg so sequential manual transmission which again you'd probably say like the audi that's probably like the expensive part to go wrong yeah it did but it's an m3 it's one of the best m3s there's yeah. ever been um obviously you've had more recent club sports come and stem from that yeah Absolutely fantastic! It looks great as well. Um, it gets better with age. Like like yeah, most, yeah. most of the cars that you spoke about actually have not only appreciated in value, but they've got better and better as well. They look better. I mean, it just it looks it's sort of ahead of its time anyway in terms of the design because yeah. the the model beforehand looked like a nineties car. Yes, whereas. This BMW, you could bring, you could have brought it out ten years ago, and it would have looked new. And it's a 17, 18 year old car. Yeah. Um, it's less practical than the other choices. It's, yeah. it's not efficient. <laughs> um, it's a coupe, so it's like you don't have back doors, you don't have a big boot or anything like that. But there would still be enough space that you could fit people in the back. It'd be awkward getting them in there through the front door. Yeah. It had a reasonable size boot, so. You could get shopping in there. You could use it every day. It'd be easier if you didn't have kids or anything like that, which I don't yet. So it's not a problem for me at this point. Um, Do it. Buy one. Buy one. <laughs> but this is the. They are again. It's one where they are starting to get more expensive. The clubs more yeah. especially. I mean, yeah. um, standard E46 M3s. They are still quite pricey, but the club sport because of just how good it was, and it wasn't exactly yeah. common either. Um, they didn't make a lot of them. And for a decent one, you're looking at upwards of £25,000. Yeah. yeah, great choice for me, Robert. See why that's your winner. Uh, it just looks like an amazing car. I mean, the styling of it, the, the vents in the front, the wheels, the coupe shape, it's just beautiful. The thing that bugs me is that that's a car from your childhood. Do you know how old that makes me feel? Because <laughs> that's like, for me, that's like from, that's like from yesterday. That's like, that's like last week for me, that. It's just, just so weird to think. How old are you? 24. Oh, my God. Ah. Okay. I'm 11 years older than Rob. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I picked the four yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, right yeah, there, again, so my... You gave an honourable mention to the Vauxhall Viva. The one that oh, yeah, just pissed on. out for me was the, the Saab 9.3 Aeroid. Um, a bit more of an interesting choice than the Golf. It would have been the 2.3 litre diesel I wanted, which just came outside of my sort of 95 to 2005. But even so, the reason I like that, I don't know if one of the first PlayStation 2 racing games I ever played, there was like a track racing game was called Toka Race Driver. I don't know if you ever played it. But one mm. of the cars that sticks in my mind from that game is the Saab. It's like one of the first cars that I kind of really played with on it. So that's always, and it's just an underestimated car as well, I think. I don't think people appreciated it enough until Starb was no more. Yeah, uh, I, I came close to buying one. Uh, it was either that or a Mazda RX-8 and foolishly <laughs> I picked a Mazda RX-8. How long did that last? <laughs> uh, it, didn't, it didn't last long, mate, at all. It didn't well, last. It's, a story, it's a story all in itself. <laughs> Trust me. Rotary engines, isn't it? They don't last at all. You're right with Saabs, they're, they're really, really solid make, big, great cars. Bit, for me, it was a bit mysterious as well, Saabs. They were like, oh, they make planes as well. And that's the reason to have one. You know, you no, could sit in a Saab and pretend to be a fighter pilot. It just added to the mystique, didn't it? It's like, just, you know, not like Dayu, where they make microwaves or tellies. No, Saab made planes. Their adverts were focused on fighter jets as well. The, right. the adverts made you feel like you were a pilot for the road. Great yeah. idea. Use your niche. That's oh, right. Exactly. That's right. Quality, quality advertising campaign, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, that's that's us done. So my winner was the full... No, it wasn't the full court here. Was, was, my winner was the MGBGT. Yeah. <laughs> Size yours was the BMW M3 yes. first Mark 1, whatever you call it. First gen, yeah. First really. gen, yeah. And Rob, yours was the. It was the M3 Club Sport E46. So, 
two M3s versus an MGB GT. What do you reckon? We're going to put yeah, we're going to put a poll up on Twitter and wherever else we can, uh, and hopefully more than five of you bothers to reply. We'll have a we'll have a result. <laughs> um, so yeah, please get in touch and please apply to us. Um, yeah. We hope you, we hope you've enjoyed this. Robbie, Robbie, we'll see you again. Have you enjoyed it, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'll definitely be doing this again. Enjoyed it very much. Great, Thanks okay. Well, I mean, yeah, welcome. You didn't have to let me on, so it was really nice of you to do so. So that's it for now. Thanks so much, and we'll see you again soon. Say bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, guys. So we've got our winners, but which is yours? Is it ours from the 70s, the MGB GT? Is it size from the 80s, the BMW M3 first generation? Or is it Rob's from the naughty noughties, the BMW E46 M3 CS? To make your choice, head over to our social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram and Facebook, all at Two Men in a Motor.